Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Did you know that 50% of Americans who have a thyroid problem don't know it? They're struggling with weight, fatigue, lack of mental clarity, aches and pains, even high cholesterol, sleep problems, and more, and are just not being properly diagnosed or treated. A lot of women think it's just normal to feel this way, to not lose weight on a diet and be tired all the time. After all, we're busy. But that's up to 10% of us not getting a proper diagnosis. And a staggering 15 to 30% of women on a medication for depression actually have undiagnosed hypothyroidism. Welcome to Natural MD Radio, your place for the whole truth about whole health that lets you take your healthcare back into your hands. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram, and this week I'll be talking with my friend, colleague, and guest, Dana Trentini, or hypothyroid mom, as many of you might know her, about uncovering your thyroid problems. Dana, like so many of you, was once struggling with a barrage of symptoms that remained undiagnosed for some time, causing her to suffer as a new mom with more than usual fatigue and so many other symptoms. Dana has learned to heal her body and reclaim her life and to generously share what she's learned with over three quarter of a million people who visit her website each month. Dana had to learn to take her health care back into her hands. And today, she's going to share her journey with us. Welcome, Dana. Thank you, Aviva, for having me. I'm it's, so excited to be here. It's such a pleasure. You're an inspiration to me. I, I feel like you're um, what I call a citizen scientist. You had to learn a lot. You're right. You're right. I, I spend a day and night, um, all hours of the night in order to figure out what was it that was happening to my thyroid in order for me to go on to have my second son after I miscarried due to my, my hypothyroidism. And I, I was literally a woman on a mission of Eva that, you know, nothing was going to stop me. My doctor told me that I shouldn't try to have another baby after my miscarriage. And I realize now that he didn't have a clue how to treat me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just set out on a mission. So you're right. I, li I like that. Yes, I, I think that every person, if they're diagnosed with something or they're suspect they have something, should go out on a mission and learn everything they can about it. Well, and Dana, so many women are so busy and understandably so that, and, and being sick can really become a full-time job and it can take you out of your full-time job too. So I'm so grateful for women like you. And I certainly try to do this too, where we're going in and sort of interpreting and dissecting the literature. So other people don't necessarily have to work day and night because it's, it's, it's a lot, right? I mean, your, your whole life is this to make it available for other women now. Absolutely. And especially for, you know, at the time when I began my search, um, I was in the depths of, of hypothyroidism where it was very hard to stay awake. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. for a lot of people that are struggling with this, they may not have even the energy to do the research that they would normally try to do for themselves. So it's, you know, it's a very complicated thing for hypothyroid patients. Where do you get the energy to do that extra research when you're just struggling to make it through every hour? So yeah, that was, it was, you know, I, I, you know, they say, 
that moms can develop superhuman strength um, <laughs> when their children need them. And I, I really think that that's what happened to me because I suspected that there was something wrong um, during I, I had my first son and I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism a year later. I'd had all the symptoms, the hair loss, the constipation, my menstrual cycles were so heavy. I had clots in my in my, you know, menses and um, I had severe constipation. I had cracks in the heels of my feet. The fatigue was so deep, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I'd fall asleep on my one-year-old and was worried that I wasn't um, taking good care of him. I mean, and the weight was rising and I was normally a very thin person. So I knew something was wrong, but my doctors kept saying, well, but your labs are normal you know, and I didn't think to do any research. And then I got pregnant for the second time. And during that pregnancy, those symptoms escalated to a level that I would use the words that I think I'm toxic. I think there's something toxic inside me. And my doctor would laugh and say, well, you're just pregnant. You know, no, you know, you have morning sickness. And I said, no, you know what? I've been pregnant before and I had morning sickness. No, this is toxicity. And they would brush me off. I'd call the office and say, I don't feel good. And they would say, well, what do you expect? You're a pregnant woman. Something inside me said there was something wrong, but I didn't go beyond that. I just expected that doctor knows best. Besides, I was with doctors that were in New York City. Their walls were covered with awards. Um, so, you know, I didn't feel it was my place to question my doctor. And, um, and I never thought to research, but, you know, besides that, I was so exhausted and I was so ill with this toxic feeling that I wouldn't have even had the energy to do that. So when I lost my child soon after those symptoms escalated, I knew that there was something going on. I knew that I wasn't dreaming. I was not crazy. I was not dreaming. I wasn't just pregnant. There was something very wrong. And that was when I set out to do the research. And it took me a long time because I was very tired. So I would kind of do it in pieces, you know, um, whenever I could get a moment. Now, I do have a science background. I was um, a biology teacher, a high school biology teacher, um, you know, many years ago. So, you know, I did have that background. I'd also been the team leader of um, of a professor at university who was you know, doing his research and I was his team leader. So I did know how to read research. I did understand the basics. So I guess that was an advantage to me. Um, not everyone may, you know, have that background um, and they might be so tired that it's just not something that a lot of hypothyroid patients and the depths of that fatigue can really do for themselves. So I really think I had this superhuman strength that came from somewhere above that you know, push me to keep on going. And I, and I have to say there is good news. I got so thyroid healthy that I went on, despite my doctors telling me I would never get pregnant again, I would never carry healthy pregnancy. I went on to have my second son, Hudson, in 2010. Um, I was at the age of 40. And they told me, you know, there's, it's impossible. You'll never, it'll never happen. And it did. And it did. And I can tell you that now at age 45, I'm healthier than I ever was at 20. Um, you know, they, they, that saying 40 is the new 20. I really feel that, you know, you can, there's hope to be well with thyroid disease. And that's my main mission is I feel fantastic. And so if I can feel fantastic, then that means that other people can reach a point where they feel fantastic and they can find doctors like you, Aviva, who get it, 
who really get it. And um, that's why it's a pleasure to, to be on your, your podcast. Oh, thank you, Dana. Dana, let's, let's take this back. I mean, I'm so just so um, sorry that you had that prenatal experience and that loss and so happy that you went on to have a happy outcome at the end of that. But so many women have come to me having had a miscarriage, having had just a really miserable time breastfeeding their babies because they weren't producing enough milk or had intense amounts of fatigue as new moms, but everyone around them was just chalking it up to being a new mom. So a lot of issues around pregnancy and postpartum um, and thyroid impact. What are you finding in that area with the women who write to you and um, what advice are you, are you able to share? Sure. I mean, that's, you know, that is a, a topic that I freely share with my readers because um, I, I am very open in saying postpartum with both my sons, as well as after my miscarriage, who would think you go postpartum after a miscarriage, but those years after those pregnancies were the worst years of my entire life. I don't, my son, I swear, I, 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 it is like from the grace of God that I made it through that first year before I was diagnosed because I was so unwell that there are photos of me with my back bent, like, you know, a 90 year old woman, you know, I was bent over. I, you know, like when you talk about fatigue, when the weight of that fatigue is so deep that it starts bending you down, that you don't, can't stand upright. Um, it was something, and, you know, I went for my first, um, my pregnancy was, was okay um, with my first son. I suspect I've had hypothyroidism since I was a child, but it was not so intense. The intensity happened after my first son was born. And in fact, you know, you know, in all my reading, Postpartum and pregnancy is, is a common trigger for thyroid disease, whether it's to develop a new condition or to worsen one. And it makes a lot of sense. They say there are three times in a woman's life when she's the most vulnerable. Uh, puberty, pregnancy, uh, you know, pregnancy, postpartum, and then perimenopause, menopause. And if you think about that, you know, the link between our sex hormones and our thyroid and our adrenals, those times it makes sense then when our sex hormones are shifting, that we then become vulnerable. Now, pregnancy, let's take Yeah. And, you know, I, I love the article that you wrote for hypothyroid mom, Aviva, on adrenal health, because I believe for myself that adrenal fatigue was a major player for me because Imagine for new moms who are, you know, if they're attempting to breastfeed and low milk supply and breastfeeding challenges is a common problem for hypothyroid women. And a lot of, you know, um, breastfeeding consultants are not aware of that connection. So you have low milk supply and nobody's telling you it could be your low thyroid. So in my case, I was struggling and struggling, you know, with my first son being undiagnosed with um, low milk supply. I was like feeding all through the night. I couldn't, you know, and then I would have insomnia and then I couldn't sleep. And then, I mean, I was a mess. You know, you want to talk about stress of a new mom who then is struggling to feed her child, who then doesn't get enough sleep. That's a real big hit, in my opinion, to your well, And there's, there's so and then, much course, guilt also, the guilt and the shame. Yes. And then you're supposed to be to all the world, you're supposed to look like you're this happy, well-adjusted mom who loves your kid, but you can't function. And- exactly. Exactly. And I would look around and on all the other moms, you know, I, I had many people in my building that had babies around the same time. 
And I tell you, the guilt is a big one because I would see them every day, multiple times a day, taking their kids to the park and doing this and going to music lessons and, and, you know, gymboree. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like if I could survive through this afternoon, um, I will be happy. And, (laughs) and I would see them all doing all these things and I would feel so guilty, especially with my first son, because I, you know, had it in my head that I could do everything. I was going to be this great mom. And you feel bad. Like, you know, it hits your self-esteem that you can't keep up with everyone. Little did I know that I had an undiagnosed thyroid problem at that time. And, you know, you know, thankfully, I, I got into the hands of a great doctor. So after my second son was born, postpartum was still challenging, but it was definitely a lot easier because she had my thyroid tested, you know, a few days out of, of giving birth. You know, she regularly tested me. She did my saliva testing for adrenal health. So she did, you know, I was a very lucky lady, but even so, I still, you know, I still had challenges and it took me about a year and a half to two years to finally balance out. And my son is now, my second son is now five and I feel fantastic now. Um, But it did take, it did take some time. And I think that for women with thyroid disease, you know, they say, you know, be good to yourself. Don't just be good to everybody else, but be good to yourself. And that postpartum time can be so challenging that it's so important for us to not feel that guilt if we can and to reach out to others with this condition and to hear podcasts like this where people say, you know what, this is extra hard. Yes, it's hard to be a new mom, but it's even harder when you have a health condition that robs you of your energy that you need in order to keep up with a newborn. So I guess my main my main message would be um, please be good to yourself. Get all the help that you can and don't feel bad to ask for it and don't feel bad to order takeout and to hire babysitters and do all those things that, you know, go and get a massage just so that you feel well. And of course, above all of is having a good doctor and not being afraid to to fire your doctor and go on to a new doctor if you need to. Let's talk about that, Dana. I've had so many patients, and particularly women, who were told that their thyroid symptoms were all in their head. And even though they were having clearly physical symptoms, they themselves, my patients have had moments of doubt, wondering if they were crazy. Did you ever have those moments of doubt where you wondered that? Absolutely. You know, when I, especially after my first son was born, um, I wasn't diagnosed until he was 14 months old and I was raging with symptoms through it. And I remember my postpartum visit, my first um, OBGYN postpartum visit. And I was telling her that I was gaining weight. I, this fatigue, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was having insomnia And I saw her scribbling in her notepad and she passed me a prescription for antidepressant and sleeping pill. And I looked at her and I said, "Uh, I don't think I'm depressed. She said, you know, postpartum depression is very common, which, you know, this is not to say there aren't people really with postpartum depression, um, that it's a very serious problem. That's not at all what I'm saying. For me, I felt like she wasn't listening to me. My cholesterol had risen far above normal. My blood sugar levels were abnormal. I had severe constipation. I had clots in my menstrual cycles. Um, I had my heels were cracked that they were black with cracks. My hair was falling out. I mean, I had other symptoms that 
she should have like put them all together and said, okay, wait, maybe we do an overall health lab testing to figure out what's wrong with this woman. And I, I declined and I said, I don't feel like that's wrong. That's the issue. I think there's something wrong with me. And she said, take it anyway. And if you decide not to, that's fine. I'll see you in two months and we can. Well, it's about seven months after that, I land in the emergency room, painful kidney stones, um, and the, I'm very lucky that the emergency room doctor said, boy, you're a very healthy woman. He asked me about my exercise. I exercise all the time. I eat really well. He said, this is very strange that this woman, young, relatively young woman who's very healthy would have these huge kidney stones. I mean, I was lucky. He did overall blood work and, and I determined, I, I discovered I had hypothyroidism in that emergency room. And I'm going to tell you, I think that doctor, sometimes I've gone into that looking to figure out who that doctor is because <laughs> he changed, he literally saved me because I think what would have happened is I would be a very ill woman and no one would be thinking to check my thyroid and eventually I would have been on cholesterol medication on diabetes medication I would have gained you know so much weight and no and probably on antidepressants and anxiety medication and sleeping pills and, and if it had not been for that doctor who just said hmm we should include that if not for that I don't know that I would have had the success story that I have so you know in medical school there's sort of maybe like one minute of lip service when you learn about cholesterol that sort of suggests hypothyroid can be a problem I've had patients who are otherwise healthy they eat well and they they've come in with thyroid um, with cholesterol really off the chain. And the first thing I always do as part of their workup is thyroid testing. And I've seen that is how I have diagnosed cases of hypothyroid in the Mm -hmm. past. But there are a lot of symptoms that, you know, I think most doctors, they think, oh, fatigue, that's when I check for thyroid if everything else is normal. But there can be a lot of other problems that can be related to thyroid Mm -hmm. disease. Sure. And, and, and I have an article about heart disease and thyroid on my blog, and it's a really important one for me because I was, you know, my, my cholesterol had risen so high that um, my doctor was, you know, ready to, to prescribe a statin drug for me. And I said, you know, I just, this just happened after my first son was born and it just was very all of a sudden. And I said, you know, I don't know that I'm ready to, to do this. I'd like to wait, you know, and, and then come back and, and retest and, and let's see what happens then. And in that process, thankfully, I found a doctor who discovered I had, th- I had hypothyroidism, got me on medication. And guess what? My cholesterol normalized simply on thyroid medication. Yep. I've seen that and, over and over. So, yep. And I was pre, I was considered pre-diabetic at that moment. And, you know, I'm sure I was on the road to being on diabetes medication as well. And that normalized, my blood sugar normalized completely. So just that alone, you know, the thyroid affects part of the body. So all of these potential health conditions that people have, not everyone is thinking, like I I sometimes think about, think of the, the line of people in the cardiologist's offices, you know, they're coming in with all this heart disease, high blood pressure, um, heart, you know, irregular heartbeat and heart attacks and strokes. And, and I wonder, like, is thyroid part of that testing? Is it full thyroid testing, including thyroid antibodies for Hashimoto's? Is it tested? Or even for Graves' disease? Let's, you know, because thyroid disease in every form can can cause those, cause those health conditions. So 
sometimes I wonder like, wow. And then for me, you know, um, I think about the infertility treatments, um, the infertility clinics. And I wonder, you know, cause infertility is a common problem for thyroid patients. And I wonder is full thyroid screening done there? And if they're using only TSH, what range are they using? And what I discovered is that the American Thyroid Association, as well as the Endocrine Society, have a narrower TSH range for pregnancy that my doctor was not aware of. I had TSH in pregnancy that was ra- which was raging close to ten, and with all the symptoms, I told that's you that's almost toxic. that's almost ten times too high according to the latest standards. Exactly. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so you know, even the even the American Thyroid Association, the Endocrine Society, recommend a TSH less than two point five in the first mm-hmm. trimester, and there there was mine raging at like close to ten with clear, obvious symptoms, and my doctor, who's a very well educated, award winning person. And I had another one, too, who was monitoring me during my pregnancy, and they just never realized that that high TSH was not normal, especially not normal. When when you get pregnant, you're supposed to increase your thyroid medication by 50% automatically, and a lot of doctors don't know that. OB-GYNs and family doctors and midwives don't necessarily know that or automatically do that. So that's a problem, too. And in fact, you know, your point is so important. I believe that that the fact that I had a doctor who knew that was the reason that Hudson is born was born mm-hmm. because, um, you know, in, in early pregnancy, it's very common for your TSH to rise very rapidly as your body is trying to help the child provide the thyroid hormone for its growth and development. So it's very common for TSH to spike. And I'm a prime example of that. My TSH rose rapidly. Now, one thing that I have to say is anyone who's planning to be pregnant is because that TSH rises so rapidly, it is so very important that you determine you are pregnant as early as possible in that pregnancy. You do not wait for a missed period. You do not wait. You know, you don't wait for the first OBGYN to check your, your thyroid. What I did is I bought boxes and boxes of pregnancy tests because I knew this issue was was common problem. And I tested positive um, at about three weeks pregnancy. My doctor had told me, okay, as soon as you uh, have your first positive pregnancy test, you're going to increase your dosage by this amount before you even call me. You're going to call me that same day. We're going to, she had a lab requisition form in my hand before I even tried to conceive so that the day that I found out that I was pregnant, I went in that same day. So she increased my dosage because she told me to do it immediately, which I did. I then did lab testing. Believe it or not, by the time the lab testing came back to me, um, already my TSH had risen to about 7. So then she had to up it even more. So it wasn't even enough, the upping that she did the first time. So what I'm trying to say is that that early state, those early times in your pregnancy, you, you need to have that, you need to get it tested right away. You need a doctor who understands that right away you need to increase your dosage to tell you how much to increase. You need to know that you need a lab requisition form in your hands so that you can go in right away and get lab testing because you might need multiple raises as I did. I need, I needed about three of them. And in total, I had an increase of dosage of about 50%. Um, and you know, I'm just thankful, you know, I actually started getting that toxic feeling with my pregnancy with Hudson and I was lucky cause I knew that I felt toxic in my last 
pregnancy. I called my doctor right away and she listened to me. She understood that I knew my body. She knew that that toxicity was for whatever reason, a trigger for me. That was the, the red flag wrong you need to increase your dosage and she was willing to just listen to me increase my dosage and that toxicity went away that's amazing so having doctors that get it that you are the master of your body before you get pregnant understand your body know what the symptoms are that you have because we're all different in terms of how it affects us but you need to know what are the main symptoms that are your red flags. And if those red flags show up, then you are, you know, you are the master and you have to have a doctor that says, I'm listening to you. And you told me that headaches, for example, are your red flag. You know, then when you start getting major headaches, we're going to try to raise it and see if they improve, which happens to me. Headaches are actually one of my, um, my main red flags, of course, fatigue, but and the weight gain, but the the headaches and very intense headaches happen to me if my free T3 is too low or middle of the normal range, I get major, major headaches. And then as soon as my free T3 is brought up to the top quarter of the normal range, I am perfect. I tell my, I always tell my patients to look out for what I call their body barometer. It's the symptom that you get when the, pre- when the pressure changes. And most people have something that they know, like when this starts to happen, it's when I'm getting a little bit off. But I think so many of us ignore our bodies for so long that, you know, the symptom becomes like a screaming yell before we do anything about it. Yes. Dana, yes. you got so really fortunate with your doctor that helped you during your pregnancy. But for so many women... It is a struggle to get their labs done and to get their meds adjusted. And they're just kind of, you know, it's very patronizing medicine and even women in medicine. It's a very patronizing um, culture. The training is patronizing. Um, we're, we're uh, you know, as doctors, we often have seven or 15 minutes to see our patients. So there's patronizing and then there's in a hurry also. And so a lot of people who are... Uh, questioning or asking for something get labeled as the difficult patient or get dismissed. So, and, and for so many women, well, especially for women going against authority and then particularly questioning a medical authority is really challenging. And I personally believe that being what I call a good girl can literally kill us. Did you have to get over your inner good girl to get appropriately diagnosed and treated ultimately? And did, have you had to sort of how do you advise women to sort of get over that inner good girl to get what they need? Yeah. You know, Aviva, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm smiling as you're speaking. I've actually, I, I'm writing a book um, with thyroid advocate, Mary Showman, and our book is um, Your Healthy Pregnancy with Thyroid Disease. It's coming out in April um, of 2016. And I actually have a large section on being a good girl. Oh, that's right. I have a blog that I have a blog that's associated with this too. That's exactly that. It's so important. Yes. Tell us more. Well, in my, yeah, well, in my case, being a good girl made me lose a baby. So yeah, that, that good girl, you know, I've had to stop being a good girl because once I lost a child, because I was too worried about, um, crossing my doctor, and um, looking, you know, just the idea of firing my doctor was a very scary idea. It didn't even cross my mind, I think, because you don't, you know, if you if you're brought up, 
if you're brought up to believe doctor knows best, then it's very hard in your mind. You can be as well educated as you'd like, but you can be in, that can be ingrained in your head that you just don't question. And people would ask me, I've been interviewed multiple times on this topic and they've asked me, you're a well-educated person. Why didn't you think to get a second medical opinion? And one, of, one interview crushed me that I cried for hours after it because that put the blame on me that I, I was supposed to know to question my doctor, fire my doctor and go find a new one when I didn't even know what the problem was. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know I didn't, couldn't put, I didn't have the information in order to know what it was I was looking for. And I was too tired to get that help. And so putting that blame on patients really pisses me off. And I got really upset during that interview because, you know, I think that this is, you know, we're, we are socialized to be good girls. You don't speak up. You, you know, go with the flow, keep harmony. Um, You're seen and not, you're seen and not heard, right? Exactly. And it is a very subtle and I'm not suggesting that all women are ingrained this way because I, I, I know personally many women that are not, you know, that are not necessarily the good girls and do speak up for themselves. But I can tell you that I was a good girl. I was a good girl. And, and I tried calling that doctor's office multiple times and they dismissed me. And I should have said, no, you don't dismiss me. If you dismiss me, then I find a new doctor. That's what I should have done, but I did not. And that's why at Hypothyroid Mom, I'm so passionate about encouraging people that if they have doctors that are not doing the right lab tests or not open-minded to treatment, that they then have to be okay with firing that doctor. And even if it takes firing 10 doctors until you find one that gets it, yeah, you're not being a good girl, but you're protecting yourself. And no one else is going to protect you unless you protect yourself. It's almost like good girl or smart woman, right? Good girl, smart woman. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, And at some point, I think... We have to. It, we, we are responsible for taking control of our health, and 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 I hope that you know sites like yours. Like you have great blog articles. Um, I, I I like to think that the reason that hypothyroid mom is is popular is because I like to put all pieces of the thyroid puzzle available, very easy for them to find. They're free articles. They just go to the titles on my right sidebar. I have the full list. You go and you look what in what what of these topics you want to read about. And I'd like to think that the more information that's out there readily available to anyone, no matter your socioeconomic status, you can empower yourself with knowledge. And that I like to think that 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 is something that will change people's lives. And and the more we are empowered, the more we will fight for ourselves, the more we will fight against doctors, the more we'll fire doctors and go and find good ones because there are great ones, Aviva. And I I have an article at Hypothyroid Mom called 30 Resources to Find a Great Thyroid Doctor. And there are doctor lists in every U.S. state um, internationally. Um, there are you know certain types of doctors that tend to be more open-minded, like functional medicine physicians and integrative physicians. And, um, and so there are many resources to find a great doctor there are doctors like you Aviva that really get that that there are more pieces to the thyroid puzzle than just testing your TSH and giving you Synthroid and thank you Dana uh, yeah and it's really it's really wonderful Aviva that 
that when I find doctors like you, I'm, I'm always so excited to include you at Hypothyroid Mom because I like to show people, look, you know what? There are doctors that do get it and they're helping a lot of patients. And hopefully if you live near them, you know, you'll, you'll seek them out. And so, yeah, kudos to you, Aviva, that you're, you're so open-minded to this topic and, and, and I'm sure you're helping a lot of people. Oh, thank you. You know, it's just about, for me, it's about listening to women. And, um, you know, I think my background as a midwife before becoming a doctor showed me, um, how readily women can be dismissed over their concerns and health needs and how easily their voices, our, not their, our voices can get suppressed. And I've been someone who kind of was raised in a bit of a feminist speak up for yourself household. Um, so I have felt that it was my responsibility to use my comfort level with that, to be an advocate and be a voice for women. And also um, to use my science knowledge to be able to integrate, translate, interpret, make sense of, and shine light on the adequacies and inadequacies in medical information. Also, the, some of the alternative and integrative information that women can get a diagnosis and you know spend a lot of money on supplements and and things that aren't going to help. So you know, not making it one sided against medicine either, because there's big money to be made in the integrative world with unnecessary tests and unnecessary. Um, overdiagnosis. So, you know, I like to think about it um, both ways. Dana, can you tell everyone how to get to your website? It's such a powerful website. So I want to make sure that we let sure, everyone know. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's hypothyroidmom.com. Um, I also have a hypothyroid mom Facebook page and, and it's such a great community gathering there that helps each other out. And Viva, your point is so important. And I want it. it's really important that I tell you this, that um, you know, people will always ask me, what type of doctor? Is it an endocrinologist? Is it my family doctor? Like, what kind of doctor am I looking for? And my answer is always the same. It doesn't matter the type of doctor. It's their way of thinking. Are they looking at the comprehensive thyroid labs? Are they thinking of adrenal health and they're looking at nutrient deficiencies and all the other aspects of thyroid health? Are they open to anything beyond T4 only levothyroxine drugs like Synthroid? Are they open to other options? So, you know, I have found fabulous doctors in all different different areas of medicine and so yeah you know it's a little tricky for that reason because I've also found great endocrinologists that really got it that really understood um but it's about you being aware of what it is that makes a good thyroid doctor right so you need to be informed of okay well what are the important tests what are the important symptoms what are the various thyroid medication options and treatment options so that you know you're with a good doctor no matter what field what area of medicine they're in they know uh, what what would be the you you turned your life around so in addition to finding a good doctor and the right medication if medication is needed what are the top three things you would recommend for women to start to do? They've gotten diagnosed with a thyroid problem to start to turn their health around. Mm -hmm. um, for me, you know, the, the, the first and, and foremost is the thyroid medication because um, that's a tricky one, right? We, that we didn't really get into here. And, and I'm sure you'll, you'll get into in great detail in other podcasts, but absolutely. I'll have to have you, know, you back too. I think we have a few, yeah, we have a few episodes here together. I know. <laughs> 
Oh, good for you. Good for you. Um, yeah, these are important, really important topics. I'm going to keep it really brief and you'll go into more detail in future, but, um, Thyroid treatment has been very tricky for me. So, so it doesn't, it's not, a, it wasn't as simple as, okay, you got diagnosed and now here's the medication and you feel fabulous. Um, for me, it was really trial and error. I, I had a doctor that only prescribed Synthroid and I felt awful. No matter what dosage he gave me, I just didn't, I didn't feel any difference at all. Um, and then I, I found a doctor who tested beyond TSH. I guess number one is having a doctor that tested beyond TSH because I happen to be a person that TSH does not reflect my real health and my thyroid health. Um, so my doctor was willing to test free T4, free T3, reverse T3, and the thyroid antibodies for Hashimoto's. So important. That was extreme. Yeah, we have a podcast so on what, what labs to get. Those are so important. So important. That was like my number one, finding a doctor who was open to, who understood the importance of that. And the next thing was the importance of having a doctor that looked beyond Synthroid because I take a combination of a natural desiccated thyroid called Naturethroid as well as a time-release T3 that I get from a compounding pharmacy. Now, I'm not suggesting that everyone is going to do fabulous on what I take because it's very individual it's really about having a doctor that's open-minded and is looking to figure out what's right for you. Why I share that is that not all doctors are open to those medications. So just having a doctor who would be willing to even give it a try with me was extremely important and changed my whole life. And it was not a quick thing. It took about six months of adjusting those dosages, retesting my levels, and then testing my nutrient deficiencies, my adrenal health, and all those other things that all of a sudden I felt fabulous and I started crying in her office. I said, oh my God, I didn't know I could feel this fantastic. I didn't know. I didn't, I, I, you know, decide, I realized, I thought, oh my God, I'm never going to be well again. And no, it is possible. And so that was number two. The other thing for me, and truthfully, number three, above all the even other stuff that I can talk about, like diet changes and all that stuff, Number three has to be about being good to myself because I'm the kind of person that always does everything for everybody else. And I would always put myself last, especially once I had children. I always put everyone before me that I really injured myself. I feel that not looking out for me was a major contributing factor to how how unwell I became. I mean, I became so unwell that I couldn't stay awake. I couldn't stay awake during the day. It was not possible. Um, so, you know, I think that if anything, my number one thing would be you have to take care of yourself. And if that means that you need to get help or you need extra sleep or you need a nap or or you need someone to take care of the kids or you need to get take out food, you need to get a massage, you you need to just speak up for yourself what's in your heart and speak your voice i mean all these things are were so not being done in my life that doing them has set me free you know so so yeah i know that's not like a medical thing it's more of a um self-help be well but i really think that that is an equally important piece of my puzzle dana i think that for women, that's probably the thing that we all neglect the most, even if we don't have thyroid problems. And I see it leading to adrenal health problems, autoimmune diseases like Hashimoto's, but others, digestive problems, 
and not speaking mm-hmm. up our truth and honoring ourselves. So I want to honor you and all that you do. And thank you for joining me this week on Natural MD Radio. I'm so grateful for having you here. And thank ho- you. My pleasure. I hope you'll come again. And if you, dear listeners, would like to download your free guide, which I have with this um, episode, Five Steps to Getting Over Being a Good Girl in Order to Save Your Life, head on over to avivaram.com and you'll find it posted under Natural MD Radio Episode 4, Uncovering Your Thyroid Problem. Please be a regular visitor over at hypothyroidmom.com. It's a wonderful website. And again, Dana, thank you so much for joining me today and making time to be here in your, your own busy schedule. And oh, tell us when we'll see the book coming out most likely. Yeah, it, um, the publisher is Perseus Books, and it's set to come out in April 2016. And I'm so excited to be saving babies, Abiba, saving babies. <laughs> making miracle babies it's Mm -hmm. it's really for me what a wonderful how like my life's mission is being accomplished you know i i lost a child unnecessarily but now i'm saving babies so it's a pretty it's it's an emotion it will be a very emotional day for me this gives me chills dana thank you for being here and thank you for all you do and i will talk to you again soon thank you viva okay see you next time everybody you enjoyed this episode of natural md radio if you did please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog and while you're there be sure to sign up for my newsletter it's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally that's avivaram.com take care and see you next time